Welcome to the Melomaniac Podcast. This is Carissa. And this is Fawn. And we're two Black women talking shit about music. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, now hold up. This is Carissa. I'm going to chime in here real quick. We are not just here to talk shit about music. We're also here to be intentional with our voices and our platform by promoting Black-owned businesses and brands. Each episode, we will highlight a new one. And this week, we started off with our girls over at District Motherhood and our friends at Michael Lavelle Wine. We're gifting one lucky Instagram winner a free bottle of their new Iris Rosé. So congratulations to Samantha underscore Ray 915. And y'all make sure you follow us on the gram, okay? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Welcome back to the Melomaniac Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our second installment of Music as a Form of Protest, where we're going to be discussing two new songs that we feel contribute to protest anthems and current times. Um, we're going to be discussing hers, I Can't Breathe, and Anderson Pop's Lockdown. Just to kick things off, I think that it's really important um, to reiterate what Fawn said in the last episode, that this is really refreshing to see a new generation of artists um, putting out music relevant to the times and speak to the plight of Black Americans and people across the diaspora as well. So um, her, me and Fawn have said up and down, like we are stands for her. <laughs> and so I've been watching, you know, how she's utilized her platform and her artistry to bring light to what's going on in the world. And I know she did that last year when she had that song with YBN uh, Corday, she performed that and she was playing the cello and everybody was there down black. Like she's just. Yeah, she, I, she's from the culture. I love it. Yes, she's definitely from the culture. So I thought it was a very powerful song. I love that it had a huge blues influence. It was so bluesy and just like there's this little bit of church in there. It was just there was depth to the sound of the song, let alone getting into the lyrics. Yeah, I. I love it. I love, I love everything about, you know, I, you know, as you said, I'm a stand for her too. What I really love is that when she premiered the song, she said that, you know, she thinks that music is powerful when it comes to change and when it comes to healing. And that's why she wrote the song to make her mark in history and that she hopes the song does that. And I just, that is what we're about. You know, that is, that is what this podcast is about. That is what our culture is about that's what music does and so that's why um i really love this song and it just it represents everything that that we stand for everything that we love and because music has so much power it 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 can literally move mountains and to see an artist use their influence and know that power is is just refreshing and she's so young you know oh my gosh so young <laughs> i'm like i wasn't doing shit in life. <laughs> you know so you know oh. you love to see it um, I'm, I, I love the song. I really like that. So, you know, a lot of the protest anthems you find that are really aggressive because a lot of them come from male perspectives. So they tend to be a little aggressive or, you know, just a little bit raw. And this was more like a Marvin Gaye, what's going on, more of a Michael Jackson, you know, um, you know, they don't care about us. You know, it was, it was more heartfelt. It was more evoking 
the emotion of just being disheartened and saddened by what's happening to Black men and women around the country. The opening lines, you know, were the most powerful part for me, where she just says, you know, starting the war, screaming peace at the same time, because that's literally the life we live as Black people. Yes. It just shows the hypocrisy of our country and how, you know, people on the front lines are coming peacefully. You know, we're asking for things that you would think that, like, she was like, how do we not see the same evils? Like, it just doesn't make sense. We're going through a constant cycle of trauma and you see it, you know, anywhere from the media into our schools and just our communities at large. It's so deeply rooted all the issues with racial inequality, it's in every system that is makes up the fabric of this country. I think that it was even more powerful of a song because she added a visual to it. Um, right. And I, when I watched it, I literally got chills because her words brought so much power to seeing those vi- visuals of thousands of people on the front lines peacefully coming together for a common cause. Right. It was so impactful to me. And there's been so much, you know, there's been so many unsolicited opinions and think pieces on artists who have, you know, they feel like been exploiting these protests and situations and using them as, you know, backdrops for their new music or using it as promotional material. And so I just feel like this video was tastefully done. I felt like it's, it was none of those things. And I think that it's important to represent in a real accurate way what is happening. And I think this video did that. And so I'm glad that there was a visual to it. Um, I've noticed that she's been putting out visuals lately for her projects. And I, I'm just glad that she, we, people are getting back to that. She's such a true R&B artist. I love it. She's an artist in general. Mm-hmm. Like this, this woman writes, plays the music, produces. Like, I don't know. She's just, she's one of one for her generation she right now. She's definitely a one of one for her generation. And she, before she put out this song, she had I'm Not Okay, which also is like, okay, that's a whole nother perspective in this story. Is like on a day-to-day basis, I'm carrying around this burden of pain and just emotion and depression and anxiety. And it's okay to acknowledge that you're not doing okay. I went back and looked um, for the video to I'm, I'm Not Okay. And like, there's just, so, there's so much synergy in coming together. And that's what I feel like the protest music does. It brings so much synergy to people that are like-minded, progressive thinking, because when we were just referencing media, media is manipulative and it's going to be geared towards whoever, you know, is pulling the strings behind the scenes. And, you know, they, they don't want to be censored and they don't want problems with the administration and all these things. So they put out all this bullshit and so like for her her visual it was good to see it was like firsthand footage of what's yeah. actually on going news on and everything yeah and that it was happening across the globe it's amazing yeah it amazing. and I just you know I'm all for as a, as a journalist um as an artist whatever I'm all for documenting the black experience in every way possible documented through your lyrics documented through visuals documented through every way possible because we're going to leave something for our children to see that is real, a real representation of us for better or worse, because we can't depend on anyone else to do it. And so I love how raw and real she is. Um, it's You can tell it's not for show. You can tell it wasn't just let me throw this together to stay relevant. You know, you can really hear the angst in her voice when she sings the feeling. And 
the fact that she doesn't she doesn't take the position that I don't want to fight back. She just wants justice and she just wants peace. And I think it's important as much as we are, you know, amped up and ready to go to war that we show that vulnerable side because as a revolutionary black woman, I'm angry and I'm fed up and I'm ready for all the smoke. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But as a mother to a black son, one who's on the spectrum, mm-hmm. like let's say Elijah McCain, this song is differently. You know what I mean? So as much as I'm amped up, I'm hurt. This is so heavy, but it's a very necessary conversation. Similar to you, I am a Black mother with two beautiful Black children, a wife to a wonderful Black man. And I just think so much about how it impacts our people. There's so much that we continue to go through and have gone through. And it just seems like there's literally nothing we can do to protect Black lives. We've seen time and time again our lives being stripped away from us while jogging, sleeping in our own home, questions not even being asked, shipped to kill. And it's not just law enforcement. We've seen racist acts by the public and society as well because of bigotry. She actually touched on that in this song where she spoke, you know, in the perspective of the people that have lost yeah. loved ones yeah. at the hands of police brutality. And she had a very interesting lyric. Um, well, it was not a lyric. It was part of the spoken word at the end where she says, strange fruit hanging from my family tree. And of course, me, I'm thinking back like yeah. Billie Holiday, Nina Simone. So it's like that whole analogy is like, it's it's so profound. Like she really put a lot of thought into how she was feeling and how other people may be feeling in this in this time. And you also see that in the chorus where she's like, you're taking my life from me. That applies to so many aspects of a Black person's life. You're taking mm-hmm. away, like my, you're trying to take away my joy, my rights. Right my my stability or my financial freedom like it's so exponential that's i think the biggest problem is it's so exponential it's not one siloed issue it's everything yep and so i'm just i'm glad that there's a song like this i'm glad that it was a black woman who did it i'm glad that it's a young person who did it and so i just i just love it i love when people are using the music purposefully and that's what, you know, that's that's what this series is about. And I'm just, we love her. So, of course, it was her. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the visual, was there anything specifically that stood out to you, Fawn? I love the coverage of everything. I loved how it was shot. I'm not sure who directed it, but I loved how it was shot. Um, from it almost, it was shot almost as like a third, from like a third party perspective, which I thought was very cool. It wasn't like a first person perspective. It was really much almost like a watchful eye, like watching over everything that's going on. And I kind of feel like that is literally what the world is doing right now. (laughs) Watching this from this perspective. And like, so it's almost like if you see this, like, look at this, look at this without your bias, without being, just look at how this looks like. And can you tell me that this looks right to you? You know, that this looks okay. You know what I mean? Like, just look at this. Look at this video as an isolated thing. Like, look at all that's happening. And you can't tell me you think this is okay. Yes. I I think that you hit it right on the head right there. And I, I love that she was showing, again, the hypocrisy of everything that's going on. Like, it's a problem if we do fight or if we don't fight. We're fed up you're doing things that are to the benefit of a a specific demographic of people but what about everybody else right it's a very selfish uh way to live there's no humanity in that which i think is really interesting because 
when we get into pop song lockdown, it is way different. Way different. Um, a whole different perspective. So I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> well, you know, one thing about Pac is uh, similar to her. I almost feel like he can do no wrong yes. as an artist. Like he he's so talented. He's mm. so unique. So and it shows up in everything he puts out. Ironically, in listening more, um, to Lockdown, you know, on repeat, because that's what I do. Um, it reminded me a lot of Stevie Wonder living for the city because it wasn't like a painful, powerful song in comparison to like her. It was more like a, a vibe, like an energy. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're down, if you're downtown right now, um, the protests are screaming in the background. You hear the the tear gas and the, the rubber bullets and just all this madness going on. And then I think the biggest thing I took from this song is that in essence, when he's saying they said it was a lockdown, they lied. It's like <laughs> a lockdown could be a mental state. Don't don't be don't be stagnant in this movement. So they're saying it's a lockdown, but words have a lot of power. Right. Okay. Right. So if you keep saying it's a lockdown, it's a lockdown, you're telling yourself also mentally that to lock things down, to not be forward thinking, to not be out there on the front lines. And so I just I thought that was like the biggest component that I took out of it is like that's why maybe the beat was more, you know, upbeat yeah. and, and whatnot. And I noticed that. Like I I I, you know, of course, just like her, I I, I stand for Anderson Pack. Um and I felt like, I mean, everything he touches, literally, everything he touches everything. is gold. And like everything he touches, this song, it is just, it's this song is so groovy, right? Like, it doesn't have that mo- melancholy or aggressive undertone that, you know, we come to expect from Black artists, especially as of late, you know. Yeah, like the sentiment was so potent. Like, it was so potent. And I love that it's a different take from what we just talked about with her single. Yes, we're still mourning the deaths of Amar Berry and Breonna Taylor and so many others before and after them. But here you see him addressing the injustice Black people are experiencing as we try to grieve publicly and fight for justice. Like, so, yes, we're still grieving this loss and this injustice. But now we also are dealing with being, you know, being attacked. And dealing with injustice in the midst of dealing with injustice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like While said, you're trying to come peacefully. <laughs> We're trying to come peacefully. And he, he's like, got hit with a rubber bullet. They tear gas and they blocking us in. Like, Yeah. He said it's crazy. civil unrest, but you sleep so sound. Like you don't hear the screams yeah. when you're catching beatdowns. Like, it's like. Okay, we're we're out here protesting peacefully. We're out here fighting for rights that we should already have, and and we're grieving. Like I think people, this is this lost on people so often. We mm. are publicly grieving as a people. Everything you see, every post, every every sideways joke, you know, every call to action, every song, every this is grieving publicly for a yeah. whole race of people, and we can't even grieve publicly without being attacked. Like, we're not allowed to grieve. You know what I mean? And I think that that's why this song was so powerful to me, because I feel like not only are we, do we have to deal with this part, but don't forget that even in the midst of dealing with that, we got to deal with this, too. He spoke a lot as a, in, in first person, like even the visual alluded to, you know, what his firsthand experience right. was on the front lines. And 
another line of the song that uh, sticks out to me is the people are rising. I, I feel like the general consensus of yes. our community is that we don't feel defeated right now. We feel yes. invigorated. We're looking for ways to further our community, whether it's defunding or abolishing the, the police whether it's, you know, making sure that these companies that are putting up their Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Okay, what does your leadership team look like? Okay. Yep. Uh, like, we're going to break it all the way down. Yeah. And Jemima, your, your um, brand is part of a racist history. And that's one thing that I've also thought about, too, is like, okay, people are so quick to say, oh, we don't want symbolic things. Yes, they don't hold the weight as completely overhauling the system. But they also help chip away Correct. bigotry and stereotypes. No, you know what I mean? There's so many psychological things ingrained in these very subtle things. Like racism yeah. doesn't always have to be loud. What? Say it again. Girl, it does not have to be loud. And that's, that's the worst kind. And that's the kind that I feel like is what keeps people in this oppressive state. The quietest racism Correct. is probably the most detrimental. What's happening Correct. behind the doors, the mortgages that don't go through. Right. The, the things we mortgage. overlook because they're huh. small, you know, dismantle it I, all. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did think that I I really appreciated that he gave his firsthand experience that he's out there. Then he always he also brought in the homies like to portray this whole story in the visual. Yes. Sick. And I love that. I love that. People forget that Kendrick is not the only TDE member that's about that life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that. I love that that was who he decided to pull in for this song. And J-Rock. I mean, granted, he's not on the single version of it, but in the video, I was I was happy that J-Rock also contributed to this song because I felt like he also brings a different perspective to it as well. Like, he's talking about, oh... Um, you know, watch out when the tanks pass and like, this is what we about to do. We're here. You know, our presence is this. We're tired and we're displaying it and we're expressing it in, in this way. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated him being there. And I also, I like the the reference of them sitting at the counter because that reference, you know, sit-ins from yep. the civil rights movement. So I, I really took that in too. I thought it was super powerful that it showed like he went through that day of him pro protesting on the front lines. He went home. He wrote said song. That's what it looks like, you know. And then he held his child. Yeah. His black child. And that is his crying. child. <laughs> yes. So I love that he had his actual child. And like, you know what I mean? Like, make, let's make this real for you. You know what I mean? Like, this is real life. And so back to what I was saying about her. Like, I just love that we are portraying realness. And that's what's important. Like I said, for better or worse. You know what I mean? I love that we're taking the responsibility of our narrative and taking this opportunity to portray the black experience. And um, I will say though, that I did cackle a bit when um, <laughs> he referenced the looting. <laughs> Talk about some, this ain't 92. We into new rules. Niggas got hit. We don't loot the projects. About to hit Rodeo with my little cousin. Right. Marcus, someone threw a brick in him and Marcus helped me put the whole mannequin in the charger. <laughs> Yeah, so we're not gonna. Yeah, we're done with that. We're not about looting black businesses. We we've we've upgraded beyond that. So now we're gonna make them feel it. So I love right. that he did. He's not judging the looters because you know he understands what systemic oppression looks like. You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna judge you for looting, but let me let's we're gonna do it this way though. Let's let them feel it. Yeah, he also one of his lines was quiet when they're killing, but loud when there's looting. Yep. You worried about the wrong damn things, okay? 
if you care about what's being what's missing, then your your perspective and your priorities on this situation is not aligned with mine. And this song probably isn't for you. Yep. So no, I love it. I love the video. I um particularly, you know, I like that again, it showed a different side of everything going on because everyone is, you know, of course and, and rightfully so, you know, everyone is emotionally charged about these killings and this injustice and wanting justice and that's the focus and so it's easy to not see like I said the subtle things that -hmm. are happening and this is reflective of that like this is reflective of yes like I said while we're dealing with that this is what we're dealing with in the midst of trying to deal with that we're having we're trying to protest but we're having rubber bullets you know shot at us we are being brutalized by the police in the streets you know we're having tear gas thrown at us and the judge is just watching from the tower like at no point can we get justice we can't get justice when we're fighting for it we can't get justice in the courts we can't get justice anywhere and so at this point as he said on more than one occasion throughout the song you know we're armed up we're ready right that's what i was just about to bring that <laughs> we up armed, we ready. About, he had the tray pound gun ownership multiple okay? times had he make sure you're tra- ready listen and I'm, That's and, what I'm he said. and I'm I am here for it. <laughs> All the way. Adding on to what you were just saying, I I think it was very important that in that visual, he not only gave his firsthand experience, but he also highlighted how other people may be internalizing what's going on and how damaging and stress-induced the experience can be for anybody. Absolutely. Anybody on the front line. So it's really, it's really significant to acknowledge the people that are on the front lines because that's who's getting the most coverage. That's not the subtle thing that's happening behind the scenes. That's what you can't escape. You cannot, that is happening. You can't go left on the street because that is happening. Right. Uh, stores are shut down for a whole block because that is happening. And that's important. Those, those protesters and the people that are walking the streets in, in the name of social justice. Mm-hmm they are an integral part to this conversation. So I think that it was really valid and really important that both of these artists showed what was happening on the front lines and gave that visual mm-hmm. in a in a very artistic way. Right. It is. And visuals, like I said, they're just, they're, just, they're so powerful. And um, for lockdown in particular, I really love the visual storytelling and I just think it's missing today. And I'm just, I, it's just, I'm so happy to see it. It's so refreshing. I love the opening. I love that the opening is you see this Black man and this Black woman. I love that. I love seeing them embrace. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. That was the best part of it for me. <laughs> just seeing this, this togetherness, you know, we touched on divisiveness in the last episode. And so seeing this visual of him coming home and you know his his wife or whomever his partner masked up you know what I mean like you good okay we ready I'm riding with you because we're in this together and so I'm just I'm excited about what's to come I'm excited about the songs I'm excited about the visuals because I'm just happy that we are showing black images that contain more than money drugs and twerking Oh, say that fine. I, yeah, I agree because it, it's we're also very visual beings. People have more access to information online than they ever have before. And now that there's all this downtime, quote unquote, 
I feel like there's there's more of a curiosity or desire to know what's going on. So to be able to have this as a mark in history where people Correct. can go and reference it, like, oh, wow, this was happening. These artists were a part of like they hopefully people will take their contributions and in 20, 30 years, they will see it as classics. They will they will be seen as classics and in, in parts of the movement yep. that helped further the conversation or that brought more awareness because I, I mean, I've talked to my mom and other family members because they were, you know, they went through like the watch right. riots and stuff like that. And I'm just like, do you feel like we're at a different point in history right now with what's happening in, in this movement? And my mom felt like, absolutely. She was like, you know, I think it has a lot to do with younger people. The younger yeah. people are the ones that are out on the street. And not only is it younger people, there are allies that are joining the fight. We're not the only ones out there screaming for justice. We're not the only ones. So it's, it makes me feel really optimistic um, because I think that there's a lot more strength that we get. Although you you would hope that our voices would have that s- same significance. Right. If you've seen over 400 years, it hasn't. So the right. fact that there's more, there's more people that are young in the streets and there's people out there of, of different ethnicities out there on the streets, I think that brings a lot more weight to this conversation. And I'm hoping that, you know, I think we're in four, four and a half weeks of this. We have to continue keeping that same energy. We cannot think that this fight is over. There's so many things that need to be done. And it's not only about being equal, too. It's about having our own equity us investing in ourselves because I think we drifted away from that like you said with the visuals yeah we drifted away you've seen it which is why I'm glad that you know we're highlighting these songs um during this series because you know art is a part of that art is a part of taking back our power art is a part of you know amplifying our voices and you know the more we show we tell our own stories and we tell them from a first person perspective and we tell them truly and accurately, I just feel like the more empowered we become. So I'm I'm looking forward to more of these protest anthems, you know, from this new generation of artists. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see it dying down anytime soon. So I'm excited to hear what's next. I can't contain my excitement. I think this also, um, brings brings a good transition into talking about what we're going to do for the next um, installment of our series in terms of how fun was just saying that it's refreshing and it's great to see that firsthand experience or portrayal of like what am I going through or and, and how do I play a role in this picture um, we'll be covering ironically little baby a uh, bigger picture and meet mill other side of America for our next episode and I think um I don't want to get too deep into it because we got to save it. But I think there's a huge contrast in the artists that we just talked about for this episode versus what we will on the next episode. So we hope you uh, tune in for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this second installment of Music as a Form of Protest. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We're at Melomania Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you and hear your thoughts on this last episode and to hear about your favorite protest anthem.